0: Welcome to the Home Project Podcast, where we talk about cultivating a thriving home and
1: developing meaningful relationships. I'm Kelsey Harris, a therapist in training. And I'm Alicia Anderson, an intentional homemaker, helping women feel confident and authentic home life. This is where everyone has a seat at the table.
0: In today's episode, we are talking about connection. I think there has been a shift in society. We are no longer afraid of the outside world, but we're craving connection instead. If you open your eyes, there are conversations to be had everywhere you look. People are eager to meet you at the front door, the cashier at the grocery store is desperate for a conversation, and even the neighbors linger outside waiting for an invitation to come in.
1: That's so good, Kels. Tell us exactly what is connection. So the actual
0: definition of connection is just being joined to something else, and I think that's applies to people, that people are just longing to be joined together. Um, That's kind of how I view it from a word standpoint. But what what does connection mean to you?
1: Well, I certainly think about relationship. um, But even in the season I'm in recently, I've been thinking more about even my connection first and foremost with the Lord Mm. and then how that spills out into my connection with um, other friends and family around me. Um, I was thinking even about just the the fact that the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us was to love one another. Yeah. Um, like 1 Thessalonians four, where he tells us to love one another unselfishly. Um, I think it's building connection takes effort, and it also requires a level of vulnerability.
0: Yeah, I think you're so right with that. How do well, you
1: think that we approach connection? What's the best way to do that?
0: Um, I think. In order to approach connection with others, you first have to examine yourself. Mm. So this looks like turning inward and just understanding who you are. I think if you don't know who you are, it's harder to connect with people. I'm not saying you can't. It's just more difficult. Yeah. Um, and then how do you react to certain situations or what are your triggers, for lack of a better word? Um, I know that's kind of a buzzword right now, but how do you react in emotional situations? And I think that's important to... Know so that you understand how you respond in a re- in a friendship or in a you know a relationship. Yeah. So, for example, if you have a friend um, that isn't a great texture, maybe, and something for you that it kind of triggers you is feeling not pursued by your friends, or feeling like they don't care about you if they don't answer your messages. So if you are not aware of that, you're going to get increasingly more and more unsatisfied with that friendship and frustrated with that friend for not answering you, right. where if you have an understanding, okay, I am prone to feeling uncared for when X happens, when this happens, and maybe it's like justified, maybe it's not, but if you can be aware of it, then maybe you are able to have grace for that friend because... Maybe you don't know what's going on in their life. There's like, it could be valid reasons that they're not good at responding to you and it gives you more grace and more um, patience to be able to still work towards connection with that friend. That's great. So I think that's a good starting point. (laughs) Um, I think connection is really hard. Um, Yeah, I think connection is hard for a lot of reasons but I'm curious to know what you think might be some things that are hindering connection.
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think there are a couple things for me that make it hard to want to connect with people. Um, first, it's just that fear or the lies that I've kind of fought off and on in my life of not feeling good enough. Mm. Um, and so feeling, am I worthy of connection with someone? Um would someone actually want to have connection with me? So that's a really big one for me. Um, the second one is the fear of being misunderstood. Um, I feel like that's an area that God's dealing with me in my own life right now of just this fear that I've lived under and just this frustration of always feeling misunderstood. Um, and so i not allowing those things that yeah. i'm in process of to hold me back and it's interesting i just as we were sitting here talking i was thinking about a friend that i have had for the last um couple of years and when we start, first started like hanging out and everything most friends just text back and forth but she's a caller she likes to talk to you on the phone and at first it felt almost a bit unnerving because i was like I don't know if I have anything to say to her or I don't know if I can have a good conversation over the phone. Like, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't good enough. Silly, that lie just kind of spoke. Yeah. Um, but now I look forward to our phone calls. I don't even think twice because we have built connection and we we do have that bond of friendship that's created You know, the safety and the vulnerability to be able to just talk on the phone. So now I love that she calls me very rarely will she actually text me. It's like at least once a day, probably if not several times a week, she'd be in the car and she'd just ring me up and we just talk, you know, and yeah. that's really special because I feel like, Oh, you want to know me. You want to yeah. take time to, you know, find out about my day and how things are going. Yeah. I think that
0: is a big thing. Everything you just said. Yeah. Um, number one, I think the greatest sort of mental understanding that you can have in order to be good at connection Mm. is the pure fact that everybody is perceiving the world differently. Once you understand that it disarms you in a way, in a good way, because Mm. you're not, you don't think everyone sees the world as you, if that makes sense. So if I, if I'm being selfish, like, and I'm looking at myself and um you are the type of friend that doesn't call me then I'm gonna think oh my goodness why wouldn't they call me I would totally call them and I would instantly associate the reason that I am I would not call you with the reason that you would not call me and then kind of get into a, a spiral when the truth is you it could be completely different for you right so I think first understanding everybody has a different perception of the world They perceive things differently. They have a different filter that they look at things from. And often that filter is tainted by everybody's pain, which is different. So they could have been hurt in a friendship situation that's completely different from yours, but like causes them to act the way they are. So that's a good step in just approaching connection with an open mind is realizing everybody looks at the world differently and don't assume things that you don't know. And then secondly, I love that you were, um, vulnerable just to share those lies that you've been dealing with. I think that ties back to, do you know who you are? And when we say that it's really, do you know who the Lord says you are? Do you know what God says about you? Are you letting him fulfill that spot of identity? Because if not, then you're going to look for other people in relationships to fill those spots and it's never going to turn out good because yeah. people are not perfect like Jesus
1: is. That's why our connection with him, first and foremost, is the most important connection of all. 100%. Because everything else should flow from there Yeah. and underneath there. And often, I've been guilty of this, trying to put someone else in that um, role. Yeah, in that spot. In that spot of connection that really belongs solely to the Lord.
0: Yeah, which is so true. And I think...
1: What are some things that you think are hindering connection in today's world? I think our phones are the biggest
0: robber, if you will, of connection. Um, I think our phones were designed with the intent of bringing us together, but now they just silently rip us apart. Um, If you go to a restaurant right now and you sit there without and you turn your phone off and in your bag and you look around... I feel like eight out of the 10 tables, it's an entire family staring at their phones. Um, Just, yeah, it, not only does it literally take our attention away, but it's also conditioned us to have shorter attention spans. Yeah. Um, So I just think that's one of the biggest things that is hindering connection with people. Even like if you just meet someone for the first time and they're like kind of on their phone and not really listening to you, you're not going to want to have a friendship with them or like see them any further um and I know there's tons of research just about when you go to a coffee shop and you're having like a a coffee with a friend if you leave your phone turned up on the table that you're silently sending them a signal that you don't care Mm -hmm. and if you turn it over on the table which some of us think is better like oh it's face down it's still saying this is, is more important than you because I'm leaving it out on the table
1: I've been definitely guilty of that one. Oh, me too. For
0: sure. Because I'm always like, well, what if this happens? Okay. No. Like think back to in the in the Bible, they didn't have phones. They, right. Or just even in before phones, like you uh, had to just be In present. my lifetime,
1: there were right. times, you know. In when... the olden
0: days when you were alive. <laughs> just kidding.
1: Thanks a lot. Just
0: kidding. Um,
1: No, but seriously, like the phones really started coming out of the picture when I was in college. So. Um I remember like a silly little thing but I remember driving home from Chicago to South Dakota to visit my parents and I would have to pull off the highway get on a payphone and tell my mom where it was at yep. along my journey so that she knew I was safe um like obviously they have become all consuming in so many yeah. ways but we have survived without them previously yes we have
0: <laughs> and guess what the iPhone is very advanced There is a do not disturb that you can also customize. So if you are worried about your husband or your best friend or your mom or your grandma calling, like having an emergency while you're there, you can set it. So set it on do not disturb and then set it so that only that person can call you and then leave it in your bag with the ringer on because the do not disturb will turn off all the rest. And then if there is a crisis, someone will be able to get to you.
1: That's a great, great tip.
0: Yeah. So there's just like a practical... Don't feel like the world's going to end if you put your phone in your bag with your friend. It's fine.
1: So next time we go to coffee, I commit to leave my phone in my bag.
0: There's a challenge for you. Um, Just because that's also what we would consider a nonverbal cue of showing them that you care. I think one of the main keys for connection is communication. And communication in itself has multiple different parts. Um something very important is nonverbal cues and body language. So for example, say that you are going to meet your mother-in-law for the first time and say that you walk into the room. She doesn't give you a hug. She gives you like a weird handshake. You're already super nervous. She's like tight lipped and just arms are crossed sitting on the couch and you are sharing a story about how, how you became to be an entrepreneur you are going to perceive from her body language. If you saw someone sitting there, their lips pressed together tightly and their arms crossed, you're not going to think that they like you and you're not going to feel very welcomed. And you're not going to think that they want anything to do with you. That if I saw that a person reacting to a story I was telling in that way, I would not perceive that as someone who wants to connect with me.
1: So that actually happened to me when I met my (laughs) mother-in-law. Wait, really? (laughs) I didn't even know. I don't even know if you know this story. Um, My husband had just come to college in the fall, or sorry, in the spring, like he came in December, and his parents came to visit in January, and so I was the girl with the car, so he was like, will you take me to like my parents' hotel? I was like, yes, but only if they know I'm coming, and um, he's like, yeah, yeah, they know you're coming, (laughs) so we get there, and I realized very quickly they did not know that we were in a relationship.
0: Oh. And so
1: we're sitting at this dinner, and I am getting all the body language. Death from as you would. My future mother-in-law that says, uh, "Why did that do you like are that? You and why are you here, <laughs> <laughs> threatening? You know, to take away my son?"
0: That's so funny.
1: I, I, just caveat, we love each other now. Like it's no, wonderful yeah. and great. But Jokes. of course she comes, you know, expecting to see her son and he shows up and with... there's a girl. Batting eyelids at <laughs> at a girl that he has fallen for. So anyway.
0: That's but, hilarious. I didn't even know that when I'm yeah. like thinking of this example. Well, and then there's the other side of things, which is when I met my mother-in-law, which was a much more pleasant experience. Um, so imagine you're going to meet your mother-in-law. You've already texted a few times. She's yes. been very um, Enthusiastic over text, and then you walk in the door, and she gives you a big hug and smiles. And you guys sit down, and she's leaned forward, like, and you can just tell she's really listening to you. That's what happened when I met my mother in law. It great. was the sweetest. Like, I felt like I had already known them for years, and I was so nervous too. Cause I, at that point, I already knew, like, I want to marry this guy, but I don't know. Like, you know, it's <laughs> always weird. Are the family's gonna gel? Are they gonna like me? So, that's just an example of how nonverbal cues and body language can communicate and offer a chance for connection That's or good. really close close yourself off to somebody. So I feel like you, a person most feels like they have the attention of others when they can nonverbally see that. Mm. Because while there are important things to say, If I'm looking at you going, yeah, mom, I'm I'm listening to you. I'm listening, but I'm scrolling on my phone. You're not going to think that I'm listening, even if I've said that to you. Like, So like, you tell me, when have you felt listened to? What has the other person been doing, if you can remember?
1: Sitting here looking in my eyes. Yeah. And I'm very guilty of being the person. I'm a doer, so sometimes someone's talking to me, and I'm doing while they're talking, and I've had to learn to stop myself sometimes and uh, not just continue. If I'm like in the kitchen and... We're having a meaningful conversation. I'm just like, oh, clanking the pans around and like, <laughs> I'm listening. Huh? You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm very guilty of that one. Well,
0: honestly, so am I in a way of, I've noticed recently the last few like coffee dates I've had with people, I'm like, oh, I tend to, when I, when I start talking, I like look, I'm like. I'm scared to look at them in the eyes or like when they're listening, I'm like, oh yeah. But I like look around the room. I don't know what, like that was really weird to me. And I realized, oh, I think I'm just afraid of connection, like deeper connection on some level because I'm scared to look somebody in the eye and say what I have to say. Um, so yeah, that's a tip for you with our examples is just when you are trying to connect with somebody, make sure that your body language is saying so um, looking them in the eyes. Another big thing is strategic listening. Mm. So strategic listening or active listening is something that I have just learned about recently as far as the language for it. And it's basically, there's a few different parts involved. Number one, you are listening to the other person without having what you want to say ready in your mind. So, and this is really difficult because I feel like this is, yeah, I honestly think that active listening is a skill you have to learn because we are so conditioned and I don't know what conditions us to be this way, but when you're talking to someone, it's like, you're just afraid, like you want to get your piece in. So as they're talking, you're not really like you are listening to them, but you've already formulated what you're going to respond back. Maybe that's because we're afraid of like pauses in a conversation.
1: Or do you think it's because we're afraid of not being seen or heard ourselves
0: yeah could be that too
1: i suppose it depends on the person i but. think
0: yeah i think it totally depends on the person but for sure it could be more a person who's just uh, like afraid of not getting their piece in um so strategic listening also looks like being purposeful to say back to somebody what you want to bring attention to so If you say to me, oh, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. I'm going to go visit my grandma. Um, I have to do like a work thing and I'm going to go on a walk. If I go, oh, what work thing? Or like if I just like talk about something random after that, you're not going to feel very heard. Where if I choose to say, oh, your grandma, how's your grandma doing? It's like a small thing of that communicates to you that I just heard that you are going to go see your grandma and I care about how she's doing. Tell me, talk like you. It's like whatever you breathe, breathe on in the conversation, the other person will expand on. That's so good. You know? So, and that applies to pretty much any subject. It's kind of that reflective listening of I'm gonna, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm not even thinking about what I'm going to say back. And then I'm like, I'm, I can pause for a moment and go, Oh, Oh, how's your grandma? Is she like, is she doing okay? Like, why are you going to see her? Like, and kind of ask questions like that. So that's part of strategic listening, but the the biggest part is just learning how to listen without having what you already want to say. Queued up. And um, another thing for communication, I think, is really just your word choice and rephrasing some things. And I have these phrases that um, are alternatives to other phrases you might say. Now, full disclosure, these are not mine. I did not come up with this. I don't know exactly where they came from, so I can't give credit, but just so that's out there. Um, So this would be in relation to maybe a, a, a husband or like a spouse probably. So instead of saying, it's about time it took you so long, you would say, oh, thanks for taking care of that even though you're busy. So like that small shift is already, instead of reprimanding him for, doing something it's showing appreciation and inviting connection by saying I saw what you did and I recognize that you're busy that's great another one um is oh I know what you should do listen listen uh you need to do da, 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 da. that would be to a friend instead okay I'd, I'd like to be here for you how can I do that what would help you so I think a like a theme you can see maybe is like asking questions reflecting, changing, like giving your opinion right away to coming curiously to situations. Um, This will help build connection. Like just these small changes, you'll be shocked. You know, if you go home to your husband, like, Oh, thanks for taking that trash out. I know you had a long day. I'm, he might be shocked. Unfortunately, if you're that kind of wife, like that might, that might suck. But if you're not like still just being intentional to say things, or, you know what, it was, I had such a good time on our date last night. Thank you for planning that. Like, even if he maybe knows you had a good time, I think sometimes, especially in marriage, we just forget to say things out loud that we're thinking, yeah. even if we think they already know. Um, so one, one last thing, phrase, is instead of saying, I wasn't listening to what you said, it didn't seem that important. You could say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that, but I, I care about it. If it's important to you, would you mind repeating? good so it's just like small things to rephrase your language to invite connection um
1: that's really helpful
0: yeah so on the topic of connection um we have a course coming out a building connection course um it will be in the dining room if you listen to the first episode you'll know that that is coming soon. You can keep your ear out for that. And in that course, we focus on three areas of connection. So connection with yourself, connection with your family and connection with your friends. We're going to briefly touch on connection to yourself and connection with your family. Um, But if you want all of the info, then you'll have to go see the course. (laughs) But so connection with yourself, this it's kind of just repeating a little bit of what we've already said, but we're going a little more in depth and a little more like some tools of how you can do this. So something I like to start with is how do you know yourself? This might seem silly to some people, but to other people. they have no idea what they like to do, what they want to do, they have no dreams. It all depends on how you were raised I I was raised in a very... not who cares about college, but it was like, follow your dreams, be an entrepreneur if you want to be. So I feel very fortunate that by the age of 17, I knew 80% of my passions in life because I just was raised that way. But a lot of people don't even know. A lot of people have difficulty even choosing where they want to eat because they haven't taken the time to know what they like. So this just looks like you going on a self-discovery journey and trying new foods, figuring out what your favorite food is go and do activities by yourself did you like it did you not like it do you hate going to the movies by yourself do you love going to the movies by yourself um
1: I think it's okay to try some things out too I recently had a counselor ask me what do I enjoy doing and I honestly was stumped I could I couldn't answer uh, and it more specifically what do I enjoy doing by myself yeah and I'm not I'm not really an alone person. Like (laughs) I don't necessarily like to go do things by myself. I don't even like to shop by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I was like, I don't know. I, I couldn't even answer that. And so she encouraged me to try some things out. So, um, I had to just go discover, like, do I like doing this? How do I feel about watercolor? How do I feel about going on walks by myself? Like, yeah. try some things out to, to yeah. really be able to answer that question.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's, like, kind of the journey is don't be afraid to do something and hate it. And you never have to do it again if you don't like it. Yeah. But give it a try. Go to a dance class. Yeah. Try a sport you've never I tried. I signed up for
1: pickleball on you the You did. And I loved it. You
0: did. I was proud of her. She did pickleball. <laughs> um, yeah, so just... Figure out what you like and what you enjoy. And that's a good place to start with yourself. Um, Another aspect of connecting with yourself is, can you even identify your feelings? So for some people, this is very easy. Feelings have become more popular. Mental health, emotional health has become more popular recently. But still, there is a crowd of people that don't know what's going on in their hearts and in their minds. So for example, if you're at work and a boss comes in and like you have a project and you're really proud of it, you've put a lot of work into it. Right. Your boss comes in, uh, I don't really like this. Change this, 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 and this, and this. You're like, okay. Then you instantly start welling up with tears and then they leave. So like if you are able to identify your feelings, you can pause and go, Oh, this is Sadness. Like I'm crying. What just what's what's going on inside me? Oh, I feel disappointed because I was proud of this work, or oh, I feel misunderstood, or oh, like and it's not like maybe you don't have time to do that in the middle of your work day, but just being like oh, I'm gonna write this in my phone. I need to I need to go back and sit with myself and figure out why did that make me so teary. It was just feedback. Just he's my boss. He has a right to give me feedback on this project. Like it's fine, but something was attached to your emotions but some people don't even know they wouldn't have even they would just shut it down and not even think about the fact like I don't know what I'm feeling I don't know I'm just I'm just crying like and I think if you're not able to identify your own feelings you're not going to be able to deal with a whole other person and a whole other world of feelings if you don't have an awareness of your own.
1: I think that's so helpful if you don't know how to be self-aware to just kind of learn how to Take a minute and assess for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying is is learn how to be self-aware. Self-awareness will save your life in more areas than just connection. Um, And then a last aspect we're going to talk about for connecting with yourself is do you have self-compassion? Yeah, this (laughs) is a tough one. Tough for a lot of people. Um, But would you treat yourself the way you're treating others are you treating yourself the way you're treating others or let me say it like this would you look your best friend in the face and say the things that you say to yourself in your mind for some people that's a oh my gosh i would never say that to them then why are you saying that to yourself
1: oh that's good can you give us an example of something
0: so personally personally oh personally (laughs) let's get personal yes let's get personal I think I used to have really negative self-talk about how sensitive I am mainly because that was my experience. People just didn't know what to do with my deep feelings. So like people at school would just call me oversensitive and moody and stuff like that. So I would cry in a situation and then in my head I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so like, why can't I get it together? Why am I so emotional over this? This is stupid. Okay. If I think about my best friend, my best friend, Hannah, I would never look her in the face and go, why can't you just get over this? Why are you crying? You're so sensitive. Even if she had cried every day for 18 days, I would never say that to her. So something I learned so big was in um, Bethel's ministry school was this concept of what would you say to your five-year-old self? And our, my teacher at the time had us print out a picture of like our, baby self or toddler or whatever, put it on the wall. And I wrote that next to it. What would you say to five-year-old Kels? And anytime I would think anything bad, I would try to just hold it and go, Oh, I wouldn't tell a five-year-old that they don't look that good or like that they have a weird nose. I wouldn't say that. So why am I saying it to myself? Um, so that's just a small snippet about self-compassion and it's just so important to be kind to yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself with others Um, so moving on to connection with family, there is a lot of time we could spend here. This is a big one. A lot of things we could talk about. We're going to touch on just a few brief ones to get you excited about what you can learn (laughs) through the course. Um, so another one kind of starting with the same theme of, do you know your family? So for example, do you even know what your aunt does for work at all? Do you know her job? You know her thing like or do you know do you remember your grandma's birthday or are you waiting for your mom to text you that it's her birthday? (laughs) I've
1: never done that. (laughs) Mm,
0: Or stuff like that because if someone if you can't even remember the basics about your own family they're not going to feel very connected by you and they're not going to want connection with you. If every time you go to Thanksgiving you're having to ask your aunt so what do you do for work again? She's not going to feel like you care about her because she's going to be like, why don't you remember that? I have known you for however many 18 years that you've been alive for 22 years. Um, So that's a good a good one. Keep a notes page in your phone if you need to. Okay, my aunt has this job. I keep all of uh, our family's birthdays in my calendar so that I don't have to rely on my mom anymore. When it's their birthday.
1: <laughs> that's good to know. I don't need to text you. Anymore. No,
0: no, no more texting me. I've, I've figured it out. Okay. Um, so that's just a very basic way to start. And of course, this is, it depends on the size of your family, the state of your family. If you have a very unhealthy, unhealthy family member, I'm not saying for you to go and seek connection with them if they can't handle it. I'm just talking about people that maybe you know and you would like to get closer to, or even challenge yourself. Maybe there's some of the extended family when you get at holidays and you're just kind of like, yeah, they're just there, but I don't really know them. Maybe make an effort this year. So coming back to communication, because that is always going to be a key when it comes to connection. And I think true listeners seek to understand and then respond rather than listen to reply straight away. So this is going back to strategic listening when your aunt's telling you a story, when your mom's telling you a story, seek to understand what they're saying and what they're not saying either. Yeah. Because this could be a big one of, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. If you're just like kind of not listening, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, me too. Da, da, da. If they're looking at you, I'm fine. But you can see in their eye, like their eye twitches or there's like a darkness in their eyes. Hey, I don't, Are are you actually doing okay? What's going on? Even taking that one second, they're like, oh, uh, well, well, no. Like it just, it, it offers a moment for them to decide, oh, am I going to open up to this person or no? But if you don't even like create those opportunities, then you're just going to take, I'm fine as it's fine. Like, so that's a big thing. That's good. Um, moving on to boundaries, <laughs> which is like also another buzzword these days, um, Boundaries are so, so interesting. There are so many different versions of them out there on the TikTok world, on the web. I think the best definition I've heard of a boundary is it is something set in place to protect myself so that I can love others better. That's good. So it can be as simple as sharing what you need, setting expectations, and maybe giving alternate options. So for example... If you are in a family setting and your mom assumes that you are going to be with them for every single Christmas, okay, how about this? This is not us, but imagine that's the case and you're feeling pressure from your mom because how dare you even think about not coming home for Christmas even though you're married and you have a whole other family to consider. You can say, this would be like addressing these three steps in in a conversation. Hey, mom, I really love you. I really care about you. And I really treasure our family Christmases. Um, Now that I'm married, I actually need to also care for his side of the family. And so this year, we're not going to come over for Christmas, but we will come over for Thanksgiving. And if you would like to do an early Christmas celebration, we can do it this date or this date. So just then you have communicated, I'm coming to you in love. Right. But I have this need that isn't going to work with what you're asking of me here are some other options
1: that's great
0: (laughs) that's just like one example of like a million we could do but i think it's important to remember that boundary setting is not refusing to do things that slightly inconvenience you and just labeling it a boundary it's not oh your family invites you over for dinner you haven't been there in three weeks okay maybe it's very common for your family to get together often you live in the same town It's been three weeks that you've been avoiding dinners just because you don't feel like it. Mom's like, oh, hey, do you want to come over for dinner this Sunday? Oh, no, I'm just so busy, I can't. It's a boundary. (laughs) Like, that's not a boundary. (laughs) Also, you have to let the The person know that you're setting a boundary also. This is such an important thing. Yes,
1: I think you need to sit on that one Let's sit on that
0: for a second. If you're going to set a boundary with someone, you have to let the other person know. So I think a good example of... A time wherein you need to set a boundary could be say your mom calls you every other day. And you realize, A, you don't really have the time to be spending on the phone like this every day. And B, you also it's not fruitful. Like if if you and your mom's relationship isn't amazing, or if your mom is not like she's just talking about random stuff. It's not like right. a heart to conversation, you're like, you know what, this is not working for me. I think I only want to be on the phone with her about once a week. That's what I can handle. If you just all of a sudden stop calling your mom or answering her phone calls, she's going to think you died. Like you can't just just going to be rejected. She's going to be yeah, she's going to feel <laughs> angry, which is not 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 that their emotions are your responsibility. Right. However, to be a good human, it involves communicating that you're setting that boundary even if it's a tough conversation. Yeah. So, hey mom, I really care about you, and right now with my schedule, I just think that it would be better if we only talked on the phone once a week. And then you go from there.
1: That's great. I think it sets up the expectation as well. Like, let's, yes, let's the mother know there is a boundary, and this is what I. Yeah. Can.
0: Well, a lot of a lot of boundary setting is yes, communicating expectations and having to address expectations that are unsaid and kind of. Just have that conversation. That's, that helps.
1: I think we had a similar thing when you first went to college and correct me if I'm wrong, but like you were, we were in Florida, you were in California and like, yes, I was the mother was like, please call me every day. I miss <laughs> you. And you were like, I'm the independent daughter. I just want to be spread my wings and I was flying. I was and like, like I leave me alone. I don't remember what you said, but I remember like you texting or something and like, and you were not rude about it. You just set the boundary. Like, Um, right now I just need space to discover myself. I love you. I will call you, but I am not going to answer your every phone call and every text. Yes. And at the moment it felt painful to hear, but also I respected that. And I was like, Oh yeah, I get that. I didn't think about like, all I was thinking about was myself that I missed you. And like, I think that helped even just project the way that our relationship has gone and the friendship that we have built because You've not been afraid in moments like that to, put a healthy <laughs> to boundary. let you like, know. I, it's important. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, okay.
0: And yeah, and that's so true. And I think if you have if you keep in mind how how am I setting myself up to love others better? Yeah. It's turning it like you are focusing on yourself to a degree where you need to make sure you're you're good. Yep. But it's also ultimately, just like you were talking about earlier, that verse, so we can love others better. Yes. So maybe And this is where the difference is like, okay, say Sally Mae from the church calls you a lot, a lot, right? She calls you a lot. She is maybe the most draining person you have ever met. You dread your phone calls with her. They're not fun for you, but if you're honest with yourself, you can probably handle them every now and then, you know, but it's more like, okay, Sally Mae is calling me. If I have a conversation with her right now, am I going to be able to love her well or am I going to be just frustrated because I'm feeling drained today? Right. Maybe that day you're feeling drained, but then you need to say, Hey, you know what? I've had a really long day. I'm not really in a good headspace to talk right now. Can we talk another day and offer another option? So it's like you're, again, you're extending that olive branch yes. for another time. So that's a big thing about connecting with your family. I know we kind of talked about different examples, but, um, It's just important to communicate your expectations. Also ask questions about their expectations. If you're feeling that pull of they kind of feel like they want you to hang out with them every week, but they haven't really said that, but they're disappointed when you can't and it's causing tension. Just talk about it. Talk about what the expectations will be. Get on the same page. Um, Hopefully they will be receptive. There is unfortunate instances in which they don't understand and they're not willing to be open about it. And that's a conversation for another day, but, um, good luck setting your boundaries this week with your family. Um, another aspect I want to focus on for connecting with your family is encouragement. This might seem small or silly, but I think it is a big key to connecting with your family. (coughs) I think when someone feels constantly encouraged by you, it allows them to feel safer with you and then a deeper connection can be built. So if you think about some of the people in your life that you're like, you know what? I would like to get to know them better. I think about my aunts that have texted me, hey, I'm so proud of you. I just was thinking about you. I'm like, oh my gosh. I didn't even like, I didn't know she like thought about me like that. Like, okay, I'm not very close with my aunts, but that makes me want to be close with them. Yeah. Or even recently, this is a real life example from my life. My aunt Holly, I wouldn't say that I'm super close with her, but probably over the last year, I kind of have just like, a, oh, I really want to be closer to her. I kind of want to get to know her more. Yeah. So at Thanksgiving, I made a point to, hey, um, how's, how's, your job going I remembered her job how's your job going what's going on with that what we had maybe a 10 minute conversation but I think I felt very connected to her in that little conversation because I asked some important questions and she gave me some open and honest answers that were vulnerable and it made me feel connected to her and then I feel like in the week since then she's a little more oh hey how are you last night she was texting me every hour I'm in this competition right now to win greatest baker um for my sourdough business. And she was texting me every hour. I think you're going to win. I think you're at this point. Da, 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 da. And I like literally was in tears. Just the fact that she took the time out of her evening to be watching the clock with me and be like texting me. And then she's like, I think you did it. And all this stuff. And so like, that's just, it makes me next time I see her, I'm like, yeah, I want to go talk to Holly and see what she's doing. Cause I, I feel that connection cause she's been so encouraging to me. Um, so just thinking about when you talk to your brother or your mom or your dad or your aunt or whatever, just thinking, just say the thing that you maybe might be thinking that you haven't said before. You know, to your brother, hey, you know what? I think it's really cool when you wear this outfit. Oh, hey, I think it's such a cool idea for you to be pursuing this career. To your dad, hey, dad, I love the way you take care of mom. Like, thanks for doing that. To your mom, hey, thanks for loving me. Like, just... Go Simplities, out of your way. Easy, yeah. Just go meaningful. out of your way to recognize and encourage them and they will feel safer with you because you are now a positive like person in their life that they will want to come to. That's good. So the last one for connecting with your family we're going to talk about today is quality time, which is important. And it's important to notice that quality time is the key not just time together quantity (laughs) not quantity not seven days a week at you sitting around on the couch all on your phones but quality time so I actually want you to talk about this mom okay because you did a great job with this growing up like prioritizing family nights and having us do fun things that were like random so can you give some ideas of some quality time
1: Well, I think we mentioned it earlier. Game night is a big thing for us. Um, We like to spend time doing games. And I think the reason why is because it also allows for conversation and interaction with one another. And while we do watch movies every once in a while, I'm not a huge fan of that being our family night thing. Because you're all sitting there staring at just a bigger screen. And Um, Jaden hates that. And yeah, our son hates it. So one of the things we did (laughs) as a family um, to build connection... And also to celebrate our differences within the connection, um, because you know, Kelsey didn't like Mexican, Jaden didn't like movies. I didn't, you know, like there were all things that we <laughs> Too were opinionated about what we didn't like. Opinion. So, for a while, we would have family night once a once a week, and it be, kind of became a stressful thing because either it was me or me and Jamie trying to figure out what we're doing. But then there was always resistance from someone who didn't want to do whatever we had picked. And so we just had this idea. I don't even know who came up with it um, to put our names in a hat, mm-hmm. draw out a name. And whoseever name was that week, they got to pick what we were going to do as a family. Yeah. And none of us were allowed to complain. We had to celebrate yeah. what that person chose. Um, I think we would also plan like the month out ahead. Yeah. So you had right? like, like you had a few weeks to think about what you wanted to do, but what that allowed for us to do is to actually honor one another and the connection that we had as mm-hmm. a family um, and to celebrate one another. And then we got to do things that were, you know, we did all kinds of, and we'll probably do a whole podcast of ideas yes. that we did as yeah. a family. Cause there's a bazillion of We were of the them. best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think too, like for me as a child, as the picky child, I sometimes were like, Oh my gosh, we're going to Mexican again. Like I would get so (laughs) frustrated, And so that allowed me to be like, okay, I can suck up one or two weeks of something I don't like because on this week it's my turn. And like, it gave me like, it also gave me ownership in the family of like, I am going to choose what we're going to do to spend time together. And then like, you know, Kind of like
1: that. It almost—I mean—we are a very competitive family, so there are parts probably you and me more than anyone <laughs> who can anyone, plan the coolest who family. Yeah, who's going to do the best? We did like real live
0: cooking competitions, yeah. and
1: yeah, we did some crazy. So many stuff. things. Do you remember the one we did where we had to dress up like like so? Dad had to dress like me, and I'd like we did a swap and.
0: Oh, because we did a photo challenge. Yes. So That's we basically
1: in the photo challenge had to dress up like the opposite. The
0: girls dressed up like the boys and the boys dressed up like the girls. There's Constant a picture of Jaden in a dress.
1: Which he hates. Yes. This day, but I'm pretty sure. Anyway, we did lots of fun, crazy stuff. We laughed a lot. We yeah. made a lot of great memories. Um, I think too, one of the things that even I want to just use you as an example is the last several years for Mother's Day or my birthday things, you have given gifts that Um, are based around quality time. Mm. So you gave me a gift. I think the first one was um, the croissant class, the cooking class. And we had so much fun. Um, Of course, we both love cooking and croissants. It was right up our alley. um, But then the years to follow, like we did a pottery class. We've done, um, gosh, I can't even think of I know, I can't think of any now, but I feel like we have. We've done several of them, but... It's just been a really special way for Kelsey and I as mother-daughter to keep a connection and it's become something that we look forward to. And we've done some other cooking classes since then and some other things where we just help grow our skills, but also spend time with one another where we're not, you know, on our phones. Yeah, We're, We're engaging together.
0: So I think that's one of the biggest things when you're looking at quality time with your family, even if you have young kids. Try to steer away from screen screens being involved. So I know movies are fun with little kids yeah. sometimes, but maybe make a game out of it. Do right. something like that where it's like, oh, every time they say the word blue, you're going to do a cartwheel. Or like, you know, like do something like that where you really quality time and connection needs laughter. Right. So do something that will make you laugh because laughter is what brings a family close together. Yes.
1: There's another connection one that we used to do. Um, I, This was really more about you and your friends, but I feel like it actually did build connection as we did. We called it the drama bag. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes. Um, so if Kelsey would have a sleepover with friends, like I did not want them to all be just sitting there on their phones the whole night. So we would plan particular activities and you can do this as a family. You could do this how, you know, with friends your kids' friends, however you wanted to do it. But basically I would pick anywhere from five to seven items, random items around the house. So it could be a hairbrush, a can of peas, a um Literally a paper clip. A paper clip. Yeah. Um, and a book. And I would put them in a bag, which we called the drama bag. And then they would have to connect with one another, talk about, and they would have to put on a play. Um, and act out using all of the items, and this would go on for hours. One, it they started laughing and talking, and it it mm-hmm. like you know, it, it was the best. I say it forced engagement, but really, you guys just did it. It just so yeah, well. it
0: just brought laughter and connection, and it made my house be the cool house because we always <laughs> played fun
1: games. And for or, hours, we did this. I would just put new objects yeah, in it, and give or you any she would do scavenger back. hunts yeah. for
0: us and stuff like that. So yeah, anyway, yeah, just. If you want more quality time ideas, you'll have to wait for the course. There will be a list, a downloadable on there of ideas that you can do with your family. So that about wraps up our talk for Connection today, but we would love to hear from you too. What does Connection look like for you? What are some questions you maybe have around Connection? you can DM us on Instagram, or you can also go to our website. The website is thehomeproject.co. You can put your email in there, or um, our Instagram is also thehomeproject.co. So follow us, keep your eye out for what's coming soon, and thanks for listening.